Jessica Chang is the chief scientific officer at Biofab, a startup company working towards replacing plastic packaging with packages made out of mycelium. As the CSO of the company, Jessie is conducting the research as part of her PhD program. Jess has a very proactive entrepreneurship mindset, and this was already showing in her undergrad. In her third year, she formed a team to enter the International Genetic Engineering Machine Competition with an idea on an enzyme that can degrade plastic, and this team ended up becoming the first New Zealand team to enter the competition. In her honors year, she had an idea for a 3D printing material made out of fungi to replace styrofoam packaging, and with this idea, she won the Velocity Innovation Challenge, as well as getting the top prize in GAP Summit. As you can tell, for Jess, it's always been about having a positive impact on the environment using science. And this seemed to have started all the way from her childhood in Taiwan. In this episode, we talk about her experience growing up in Taiwan, making the decision to move to New Zealand, getting into entrepreneurship, and her passion for conducting scientific research for the environment. If you enjoy long-form conversations like this with interesting guests, please consider subscribing to my podcast on whichever podcast platform you're listening to this. I'm on podcast platforms like Apple Podcasts as well as Spotify. On those platforms, you can leave a review up to five stars. And if you have any feedback, you can leave a comment under my videos in my YouTube channel. This is Everything Goes with Pascal Podcast. And here's my conversation with Jess. I want to start all the way back from the start, right? Yeah, yeah sure. Because from what I've read, you're living in Taiwan. Yep. And... Well, you got inspired by the crocodile hunter (laughs) (laughs) and you wanted to be your next Uh, Steve Irwin. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Oh my God. So that was just like a really random thought um, when that interview came up and then they brought me all the way back to my passion back when I was in Taiwan was a little girl or something like that. And then they kind of like, just during that interview, it was all really like fluffy and then just like trying to find out what's my passion is it because I'm passion to drive to where I want to do today and then they kind of like link it all the way back so I decided to um have a really clear image of me watching Stephen Irwin like fighting the crocodile and all the animal planet sort of show and I was like yeah back in the days I really want to be Steve Irwin I just want to go out there and fight crocodiles no fight crocodiles but just um (laughs) get to know the animals get to um surround myself in the natural environment and go on adventures and that was uh, <laughs> my passion back then and then suddenly it becomes like one of the what subtitles yeah <laughs> like uh, yeah the subheadings subheadings of an article it was hilarious and people were just <laughs> kind of making fun of me but it's fine i i did love steve Irwin. yeah yeah i think there's something about you know ha- someone having a dream and you know, kind of following that dream a little bit, you know, because mm. when I was younger, I think I wanted to be a, yeah, an author once, you know, mm. and now I, do, I don't do anything related to that. So it's cool that when you, you're a kid and you have a, you have a kind of a, like a passion already mm. and you work in a similar, similar position. Um, so did you always, because I think you wanted to contribute to the environment in a positive way through science, right? Mm-hmm. Was that something that, the the idea of wanting to do that something popped up during around that time at all or actually yes since really um i think um compared to a lot of people who like um i guess have sort of other sort of passion or something my passion sparked quite young and then kind of continue on to these days as well which is i found it quite um lucky quite lucky um 
I think, yeah, it's around that time. Um, went to a school where it's pretty much in the mountains and um, I get to, at recess, um, go out chasing some butterflies and catch some caterpillars, catch some tadpoles in the pond and chase people around, you know, on, um, what's that, the great grass field or something. And it was just like a, such a happy wow. childhood and it kind of just influenced me quite a bit and... Um, I'm not afraid to, you know, like throw myself dirty in the mud to just to get that frog or just to get that bird. Um, so it kind of, even though growing up in Taiwan, being a city girl, well, and Taipei, like, you know, one of um, the capital as well as largest city in Taiwan, I, um, yeah, just really enjoy being outside, not the city kind of lifestyle. So um, I... I think I'm quite lucky growing up, uh, being able to grow up in that school. I think, yeah. Yeah. Was the commute pretty long from? Oh, yeah. Where you lived? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So my um, family was. I was. I was pretty lucky. My family like can send me all the way there, and it was like what six thirty bus or something, and then get all 630 the way. Six thirty bus. I, th I think six or six thirty yeah. or seven seven o'clock bus, and then go all the way um, into the mountain, probably take like an hour, an hour and a half, I oh, think. An hour. And they would be every day, right? Yeah, or be every almost day. every day, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so like, um, actually, like Monday to Friday, I just like do that, and yeah. then same thing, um, get all the way uh, back home would be after six or something like that, from well, memory, yeah. Yeah, that's like full-time job, Jess. <laughs> oh, I mean, it was such a lovely childhood. Like, um, yeah. they, they got like swimming pools and all that. So it's kind of like a, not a traditional kind of, you know, um, I guess Taiwanese style teaching. So um, it's a bilingual school. So I get to kind of um, use English still in that school because English is, um, even though it's my second language, but I kind of grow up with it. Yeah. So it hasn't been like a big problem, but... Um, just going to elementary school, my family was like, actually, you're not using English anymore. Um, it would be better that you can continue on with this. So she's like, okay, I'm going to bring you to the bilingual school. Um, oh. so you can do that as well. So my family is like, yep, you, you need, you need English. But, but it was after that I was there for like, what, three years, uh, four years, maybe. I, I can't remember exactly how long I was there for three and a half years and realized, oh, your Chinese is actually worse than your English right now. All right, I'm going to send you back to a normal <laughs> elementary school. So, yeah, that happened. Really? So you're, you're in like, you're in a different school for, for, for a bit? Yeah, yeah. So um, I was, I, oh, so I swapped school quite a bit in elementary yeah. school just for the sake of having different style of education and being able to have that kind of all-rounder sort of uh, experience in education, <laughs> I suppose. Um, but... Yeah, so I went from like a really uh, military style school, Sorry, somewhat. Just checking the recording. Oh, that's okay. <laughs> I mean, I went to a kind of military style school, but it's like Chinese, um, Taiwanese style, military style. So it's like all really strict and stuff. And then went to this bilingual school that has a castle in the mountain. And wow. then just like, it looks like a castle in the mountain. Yeah. And um yeah, really, really good school. And then afterwards, my parents like, okay, no, you, you don't, your Chinese is not as good as English. All right, I'm going to send you back to like a normal, um, like more of a 
Chinese uh, education-based school, which I yeah. struggle so much with. But anyway, I got through it. It sounds like you enjoyed more of that castle in the mountain school. Yeah, just Hogwarts. yeah. The <laughs> education system probably just suit me better because I'm. Um, I just love the the things that's outside academic. I think I love going um, swimming. I love being able to move around. I love being able to. Um, learn dynamically through projects and all that. Mm. So it's like a diff, you know, not not a um, the teaching style is different, very very different from the traditional Taiwanese teaching style, which is basically cramming. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's very. I can relate to that because that's how it is in Korea as well. Mm, There's mm. not really much push for the uh, hands-on approach or hands-on learning too much from mm. from when when I was there anyway. I don't know if it's changed now. Um, but yeah, back then it was very much cramming, mm. very much uh, flashcards, basically. Oh, you know this. Yeah. Re remember what's on the other side, basically. Yeah. And I think um, I all, um, because of the learning style and teaching style change, so my learning style has to change as well um, from being a more dynamic thinker to more like a memorizer. But I'm not really good at memorizing. I'm more of a dy dynamic thinker. But that means when I'm really into something, I will learn it really well because I can really use critical thinking in order to remember things. And that really works for me really well. Mm. But when it comes to things like, oh, you just really need to memorize it, especially um, such as I'm throwing you like a chemical uh, yeah. element table, like something like that. And I'm just like, I actually love science, so that's not a big problem for me. But just the fact that you want me to memorize it for no reason at all, like at the beginning, I'm like, that doesn't make sense to me. Um, but eventually I have to learn how to learn with that <laughs> style of learning. And um, But then afterwards I was put into an even more um, strict kind of private school uh, it's after elementary school so my junior high school mm. or something it's even stricter so I'm just like oh I actually and everyone there is basically really good as well like everyone uh, I guess the elite um, students have been put into that school so everyone's really smart and they basically have photographic memory or something and I'm like okay I can't keep up with that so I struggled so much during um I guess that time especially when I was put into the special class with the special kids yeah. with special talents I'm like oh I can't keep up besides my English my English is always like oh yeah this is this is all yeah. right yeah but the others I'm like I really have to work hard yeah oh so were you struggling academically back then yeah somewhat um i wouldn't say struggle because i was mm. still been put into that special class right yeah, so that's true. um in hindsight and comparison i seem like i struggle but it's uh um yeah we uh, i'll give you an example why i struggle because we're um probably 15 or something but we've been taught uh essentially 15 is like what you're 10 you're nine here okay probably i don't know yeah and then we've been i always forget yeah <laughs> but then we've been um essentially been taught um year 13 or even undergrad stuff yeah so at that age i was already like several years in front and trying to learn the things that uh the senior people are trying to mm. learn and it, because it was a special class it's meant to be like oh yeah you guys just cram it all in <laughs> and then um, learn as much as possible but I was like okay yeah that's too much yeah did you looking back that time specifically did you enjoy that part of childhood mm, 
I wouldn't say I enjoy it, but I appreciate it a lot because it kind of builds me. Well, well, taught me a lot of, I guess, learning style, learning points that I need to be able to absorb, and I also become more resilient, <laughs> more of the soft skills. You know, like oh, it doesn't matter. If you study hard, it doesn't mean that you have a good grade, and that's okay because you tried the hardest. You know, soft skill like like that, so right. it's important. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, more of a mindset kind of. Yeah, yeah, yeah coping up with pressure and yeah. stress and things like that. Yeah, and then being able to handle stress as well,、mm. and yeah, so、um, I think it's because of that time. That's why I'm more resilient. I'm more、um, adaptive. I'm like, oh yeah, you can just. Press me all the way down, like in,、mm. the, in a pressure cooker or something. Yeah, but like this is fine. Nothing's worse than that time, you know. <laughs> You'll come out more cooked. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I'm coming out more cooked, but it's okay. It's just um, it, um, life life can be stressful, but it's just temporary. So yeah, yeah. Back then, was there any subject in particular that you enjoyed more than others? English, because I don't barely have to study for it. <laughs> no, no, actually, no. That's a lie. That's a lie. Uh, uh, English, but. Because they want me to memorize the article, and I don't like、oh, to memorize it.、Okay. So there were things like,、uh, "This is just exaggeration. We are not learning that kind of easy stuff back in the days." But this example: "This is a sunny day,、mm. and I'm going out for a swim." And then you have to memorize exactly that. Yeah. And I'll be like, "I want to go swimming because it's sunny or something." <laughs> so it's exactly the opposite, but. You can see what I mean in that、yeah. sentence, right? It's exactly kind of exactly the same thing. I probably exaggerate and put a bit of a personal tone towards it, but that's not what they want. So that's the bit I struggle.、Um, otherwise,、um, oh, I enjoy、um, biology. I enjoy history. I enjoy、um, any subject that's able to tell me a story. Yeah, and I'm able to memorize it based on that story. Um, I enjoy the problem-solving part of math,、mm. geometry for no reason at all. I'm just、like、really I love geometry. Geometry is cool. Yeah, it's amazing. I just like oh, you just find out the angle,、uh, ang- angle of some、yeah. things and the length of this, and、um, because in my head I'm.、Um, I don't know. Just like quite a visual person, so I can like memorize like a lot of things quite easily, and and the sine and cosine and tangent and all that. I can like translate easily into、um, other visual stuff that I can able to imagine. So the ongoing use of cosine,、um, sine and tangent and all that, I can visualize that into more complicated math. So that was because I'm good at geometry. Yeah, and I'm good at oh yeah.、Um, In this graph, what does the line look like? And in my head, I already know what the equation looks like, kind of. So that's really helpful because I'm a visual person.、Mm. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. That's cool. I mean, we'll we'll get into it soon, but yeah, well, I was just wondering you you your background back then because you well maybe maybe we'll get it get into it. So、yeah. after that, yeah. <laughs> after that is how did you um how did you decide to move? Moved to New Zealand. Was it your your choice, your parents' choice?、Mm, um, somewhat. I guess a combination of both.、Um, I didn't bring it up because I wouldn't be. Able, I I would not ask for my parents to give me something that I don't know whether they can give me or not.、Mm. So that's never something that I could just be like, 
mom, dad, I don't want to be in Taiwan anymore because yeah. it's n- not normally something. But is that it something that occurred to you that you want to um, study abroad? It occurred to me that being in Taiwan's teaching style doesn't suit me. Right. Especially growing up in that bilingual school. And um, because it's such a Western education sort of system and I was much happier learning that way and I was um, learning so much better than I was in a traditional Chinese school, which um, to be fair, it's more of a privilege to being able to know what the Western style is because not everyone goes through that. But because I go through that, I was like, oh crap, that just suits me better. Yeah. <laughs> and then, um, so, but... Without saying anything, my parents know that. Well, my mom knows that particularly. She was there for my education journey the entire way. She was the one who was like, uh, this is not good for you. Go to the other school. Go to the other school until I stick to a very, very strict Chinese school. Um, and she was like, yeah, um, the system, you aren't struggling in the system. You are learn, learn, learning so hard. I was at some point not getting any sleep like i was taking only an hour or two sleep or something and i still obviously not doing good in tests or something um maybe because i'm not sleeping well or maybe um yeah there's just too much information in my head and but if i don't study that much i simply cannot finish studying Mm. so she knows i'm struggling in in terms of that so she's like yep it's about time she already had that in her head that she wants to um, send me over um, to more of a Western country to um, get Western education. And half, I have a half of my family, uh, as in my dad's side of family, um, a lot of the cousin and um, auntie, uncle, they're all actually in the US. Mm. So at that point, it wasn't like too surprising. My mom is like, oh, yeah, you should follow their footsteps or something and go to a Western country, mostly U.S. back days. Yeah. And they're like, oh, because, you know, family is there, so um, you can consider going to U.S. Um, but I guess we chose New Zealand <laughs> because it's cheaper. Okay. And oh, actually, we chose Australasia, so we're looking at Australia or New Zealand. And Australia is more expensive <laughs> and apparently more complicated, according to my mom, more right. complicated in the political situation and... Um, we heard that's more racist as no. well or something in some way, um, according to our first impression. Um, I actually never been, but just in, according to friends and family, um, they're like, and New Zealand's cheaper. So yeah. I came here. <laughs> and it's, were, were you happy with that choice? Because I feel like the image of New Zealand, and it's it's true too, is very natural a mm. lot of you know natural beauty here yes and you being interested in that yes and good yes experience in that absolutely like when we chose New Zealand I was more than excited because I would just it's known also the um adrenaline or adventure capital right like yeah. you just oh I as soon as I know just like yeah I am um oh because back then my mindset is still quite study based even though I want to do all those adventures more like oh after I study I can do all those stuff after you know I finish high school because um, I was transitioning during high school. So I was like, oh, this opportunity for me to go like experience yeah. like nature and all that. And my head is just super exciting. So, um, yeah, I think that adds in the factor, but it's more on my side of the story, not my parents' side, because yeah. they, I don't think they know how much I like, ad- like to go on adventures or do um, like extreme sports, I think. Yeah. <laughs> What's your relationship like? 
what what has been your relationship like with your parents? Because I know with you know coming from like um, like oh, Asian yeah. academic background as well. Yeah. Luckily for me, my parents were pretty more relaxed than other parents. Mm. But a lot of my friends' parents they had a lot of friction with my friends because ba- basically you know whole gist of it was you should study more. You know, mm. and then mm-hmm. the kids saying, "Oh, I, I don't want to." Yeah, and yeah. The friction over there. No, because I guess I was uh, okay. So with my dad, he doesn't care. So let's <laughs> let's put aside. Yeah. <laughs> um, my dad just kind of like, "Oh, listen to your mom," sort of thing. So my mom um, is really involved in my learnings in terms of um, she knows exactly what I'm struggling and she sees it through. And honestly, growing up, I'm just really scared of her. From um, every time I don't do well or when I said don't do well it's like I get like a 95 or 96 <laughs> 97 out of 100 and then, versus, and then I'm like yeah. oh I'm gonna like get like so bad like going home so um she has really high expectation to me and um obviously going to some um I guess private schools is also like oh we're putting so much money on you so oh, you have to do well so I also feel the stress over that as well definitely a lot of those um I I don't know. I just feel like, okay, um, growing up, I just want to impress also my parents because they put so much money on me. So I have that kind of response. Uh, what was that called? Um, responsibility to do well. And that's um, been put on my back since really little because they really put a lot of money on me just on the education side. So, um, and then that lasted until these days, actually. So I'm still like, I need to do well in mm. order, you know, to not let let my parents down. Not 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 so like, oh, I need to make them proud or something. Oh, yes, I also need to make them proud, but just more like, um, I can't do too bad or else I'll, I wasted all their money. Mm. Yeah, sort of. Um, but yeah, that's just the growing up piece you had to get over um, yeah. of especially <laughs> having a um, Asian relationship with your mom and dad. It's just like, oh, yeah, there's always a bit of attention over that, over um, you feel like you owe them a little bit. Mm. Yeah. Did you have any rebellious phase through that at all by chance? Or? No, I only rebelled after I got to uni and, you know, being yeah. able to have my own space and uh, oh, not even high school. I came to New Zealand during high school. Yeah. <laughs> but I only rebelled after I got to uni when I was like, okay, I'm going to um, do these uh, whitewater kayaking. I'm going to go down a waterfall. I'm going to um, go up the mountain, uh, go tramping for a few days. I'm going to climb up a... 30 meter wall or something like that <laughs> and then and um they don't know the extent of how far i go but this is my just many rebellious days of oh yeah, yeah you, this these things make me so happy but you don't know about it yeah, <laughs> yeah. well I, i'm glad to hear that your your expression of re- rebellism or, or <laughs> rebelliousness yeah, yeah, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. came in the form form of very healthy activities you know being outside you know, yeah, moving your somewhat. body yeah, yeah. versus, okay, I'm free now. Like, give me all the alcohol, give me all the drugs, yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, exactly, <laughs> yeah. And then I guess uh, I had my own way of being rebellious. All my rebellious days at some point would have been just not contacting them as often, I yeah. suppose, and not not being able to open up to them, yeah. definitely. And um, has been such a hot topic. I cannot open, just cannot talk about feelings at all. Mm. Um, and for a really long time, um i don't know how to express like oh like the i love you like we're not the lovey-dovey sort of parent and daughter relationship so i always 
is a little bit confused. Like I will see them in the airport. And I'm like, do we hug? <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, but this year my mom actually hugged me after I arrived uh-huh. at the airport. So it was like only this year happened. Yeah, so it's been like. What twenty seven years of like no hug? Yeah. Well, not not no hugging at all, but it's just more like don't know how to express that yeah. until this year. I was like, oh, that's a bit of a change. Definitely. What changed, Jess? Is that the COVID thing, or what changed? I don't know. I just looked at her, and then she opened her arms. So ah. I was like, oh, hug. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I I'm I'm a hugger in New Zealand, so yeah. I hug my friends and all that. So it's a bit weird that going back to my family and I can't hug them. Yeah. And this year has um, changed quite a bit. I think she might have been going for the. But for the bro handshake, you know, yeah. you know what I mean, like handshake and then bro from handshake. the shoulders. I don't think so. Because I've got Imagine. confused before. So, so I was going for mom? that, <laughs> not with my mom, oh, not okay. with my mom, but with my with my with some of my friends. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. They, they they're going for the handshake. Yeah, especially just when I go back to Wellington. Uh huh. Because uh-huh. I I feel like my Wellington friends. So that's where I studied. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, my Auckland friends bit different. Auckland friends hugging is a bit more common. Mm-hmm. Wellington friends, it's all like bro. bro you know, yeah, yeah, I don't know handshake. if that's the right. Time term for it but that's uh, what like what yeah. we used to call the it bro shake yeah yeah and then um and then they were going for that and i just went a bit more to the center yeah rather than meeting my hands there yeah so uh m- maybe your mom was going for that and you mis- <laughs> misled the signs oh imagine um <laughs> imagine. yeah um so it's just like we were just joking about it as well saying that we have a typical asian tiger mom and my mom is the typical asian tiger mom actually and just growing up she softened so she become like a asian mom light now she hugs and express her feelings i'm just like mm. whoa like um express this feeling that uh, she express her feeling all the time but it's yeah. all like the really um like vulnerable side or something or well, she's complaining mostly um, <laughs> and then this time she's actually you know opening up to like physical like just a hug and um, mm. being able to show that is really it means a lot to me yeah yeah yeah, yeah. oh well, i'm happy to hear that yeah so that's so you came here into new zealand in year 12 right mm-hmm. and that's a pretty that's a pretty like older age to move, move here compared to other yeah, I yeah, think so. People. Yeah, I think it's just um, during what's that? Because uh, junior high school finishes at fifteen or something like that, mm. and at sixteen I kind of continue on with just a little bit. So it's at that only I finished junior high school, we start thinking, hey, should we actually put you into another country? So there was like a half a year of like. Should we do it or not? Yeah. But I was already studying in like the first year of high school there. And then after they're like, nope, we're going to do it. So, and then I just didn't continue. So I only had like half a year of first year high school. Right. Uh, in Taiwan. And then they stopped. And then came here to for year 12. Mm. So my high school was technically only a year and a half. Yeah, that's true. I think, yeah. 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 Because... Because you skipped year 13 to go straight to university year yeah, two. Yeah. So. Oh, or maybe I did the entire year, uh, year, the first year of high school. I don't remember. It's right. been so long. Yeah. yeah. But there definitely seems a bit of a break in between mm. you moving here. Well, mm. How did you feel when you moved to New Zealand? Because it's, like you say, it's a pretty big, dif- different environment. Yeah. I mean, you, you could speak English. So that, that would have helped. Oh, that definitely yeah. helped. Um, I don't know. What, the, the, Swap was more terrifying because I don't know anyone here. Mm. And um, I actually ended up with a homestay. And that actually really helped because the homestay 
were really good. Like I genuinely feeling like oh I was part of the family. Like oh, they bring so me to、good. camping and all that.、Um, the first I think three weeks it just happens. The first three weeks was like what,、um, like the two. Long holidays they have. When I first was like in February, there's、okay. two long holidays, and it just brought me、um, everywhere they go. And I was like, oh, really quickly adapting to this is a New Zealand lifestyle and everything.、Um, they never get why I study so hard. They <laughs> always like I'm always at the dining table studying、wow. or or like、um, hogged up in my room and stuff and wondering if it's just alright. Well, I haven't seen her for days. I'm just I'm just studying.、Um, they never understand that and. And then I become really good friends with, I guess, my homestay sisters. Like, just、um, yeah, get along really well, and slowly、um, made my own friends in high school. And the group of friends turns out they're all international students as well.、Yeah. Like, who only just arrived there because I didn't know who was international back then. We're just kind of like, oh.、Uh, You kind of go into the class. Everyone sat down, and、uh, there was、um, like ACG senior high school, so everyone kind of. Um, have their own lockers, and we go to different classrooms. So we go. I don't know whether that's the same as the other high school. Yeah, that's um. Yeah,、kind、each class same, is、right? different, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah each yeah. class is different,、yeah. and you have just um, go to every class. So that's that's different from Taiwan, is what I'm trying to say. Because it's more fixed classroom. Yeah,、roommate. fixed classroom. Yeah, that's how it's in Korea as well. Yeah, yeah. so everyone know each other. You have forty to fifty students、yeah. that you just hang out with. Every single every, day,、yeah. and then the seating is the same for like a good amount of period.、Yeah. You just know everyone, and here's like, no, you sit down in a class, and then you go to the next class.、Mm. The, the people around you change. Different, and, yeah. Roommates, different. Yeah, yeah.、Um, oh, sorry, classmates. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Hot, hot desking as well. Yeah, sit wherever. Yeah, yeah. and then,、uh, and then you, yeah. So you don't, you just don't really get to know them.、Um, But、um, I think it's the after school. You're like, oh, accidentally like bumped into this. Also, a group of international students who just got here, but we're all like just bonding over being new, and、mm. then yeah, and then suddenly just lives got a lot easier after、yeah. meeting a group of friends and being able to support each other emotionally, even though we all do different subjects, something like that. Yeah, yeah. they would have been pretty gutted when you left the school early to go to the university. Yeah. 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 So, oh, no, actually, that ins- I was inspired by them. By them to yeah, do that. Yeah. Yeah.、Oh, so they were doing that. Yeah. So they were like, what? Uh, two out of the five of us、mm. uh, decided to do that, and、okay. I was like, wait, you can do you that. You can do that. <laughs> I want to save my parents so much money、that、if I actually do that. Yeah, yeah. That's 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 entirely that. my drive. Why I um left for um year. Oh, left for uni and、um, yeah. skip year thirteen. Um, your phone's falling off. Give me a second. <laughs> oh, earphone, earphone. This. Oh, earphone. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah Sorry, yeah. yeah. Falling off. Um, well,、uh, what happened? Um, yeah. So you were studying for the. So you wanted to go to university early, skipping your thirteen.、Mm. Was that a lot of work to do that, or? No, I just. <laughs> oh my god! I was doing Cambridge, right? Like,、mm. doing the ASA、um, A level, and I was like, okay, I'm just gonna. I don't. I didn't even know NCA. I didn't know、um, BI or IB course or something like that. So, but they're just like, oh, we'll give you these courses and just finish them, and you'll be able to go to uni. I'm like, okay, cool. So, because that just sounds like there's no like exam, exam,、mm. as opposed to we do like final exam in year thirteen or something、uh, back in Taiwan, and then because of that entrance.、Uh, University exam or something. That's when we know which school that we got into、yeah. because of the grade from that final final. 
but um, Cambridge is not not the same. Cambridge is kind of like you do uh, one final exam every single year, and then those kind of grades adds up, and then you see which one you can get into. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, I didn't know that. I kind of just like okay, Cambridge, and then um, did what um, math. Um, um, a level math, a oh a s level math, mm. a a level math. Can't remember. Is does is that alright? Like, yeah, that's all good. Oh, okay, yeah. Cool. Uh, <laughs> and then I got um, biology, chemistry, and um, English literature. So yeah, um, just did this five just because I can, or else I think a lot of people only do four or something. Mm. I don't know. Um, I did it all, and then they're like, okay. Uh, I actually got enough great to go to University of Auckland and do biotechnology. Yeah. Should I just do that? <laughs> I can skip a whole year. It's equivalent of getting a, a whole year of scholarship. So, you know, I'm saving so much money right now. So um, it was as kind of as naive as that. And then be like, and biotechnology is something I want to get into as well back mm. then. Um, in my head, biotechnology is so much different to what I now I'm in biotechnology it's completely different than what I expected before. <laughs> oh, so your expectation to pri previous to getting into the university studying biotech yeah. to where it is now? Yeah, it's oh, how so? very different. Um, I don't know. If, uh, before, I just feel like, oh, I'm going to save the planet, save the... Uh, not I just um, do cool things with plants. I can literally visualize them, do cool things, and everything will happen so quickly and... I'm going to edit DNA. It's going to be a lot of cool visuals and protein, cool visuals as well. And animals, I'm going to, you know, do something with them. And no, everything in biology is so slow. You will not <laughs> see the change until like the entire two years. Oh, if you can see that within like a few few days and some cool changes, that would be amazing. Mm. Otherwise, every day, day to day, you just lab, 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 tubes, reagents, um, um, for me, I'm dealing with um, solid couches, solid couches, and just that, just mm. lab benches every day. Nothing cool until you make something up before presentation, yeah. and something will look cool. Yeah, yeah. But your the topics that you are working on and the topics that you have worked on sound pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we, we can we can get into that. Um, but I think before that, uh, what I was curious about, uh. And the following your journey was how you chose biotechnology, mm. uh, biotech at University of Auckland. Because another option that you considered was going into engineering, right? Yes, I did. Oh, um, the only reason why I didn't go into engineering because I didn't do physics mm. for um, Cambridge. Um, just because the, the the idea behind that is because I can do physics in my year 13 because physics is so easy. I can just, you know, um, do everything easy at year 13. And um, yeah, and then I just didn't do that in my year 12. But then that means I can't get into engineering. I got into biomedical science though, but mm. I was so against the medical side as in I don't have like the drive for people. I right. My passion is with like the planet health and i know the planet health eventually will be for human health and everything as well but my driver is not always directly like i want to cure this person i want to cure this disease mm. or this cancer or something like that so it's been very different and i proved myself right in the future as well because i didn't um biomedical science a lot of times end up working with animals and animal cultures and different animal model and a lot of them you have to do experience on them mm. and ah, i see 
Yeah, and then clinical trials and all that. It's just the pathway. Who I cannot do what they do. I can't. Yeah. I can't do what biomedical scientists do because it's really tedious. It's really just a really long process and um, emotional taxing as well. If you don't like treating with animals, you, you don't like you know doing things on animals. Yeah, yeah. That that does sound really taxing emotionally. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, but. Yeah, I could have gone to engineering. I hope I can't go to engineering because, in my head, my uh, well, in my mind, my head is more visualized based. And when I say visualized based, that means I can, um, I guess, do math and do physics physics much better than I can with um, other things I can't visualize, such yeah. as chemistry. Mm. Yeah, but I end up in biology. I don't know why, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but. Oh, um, I know. I did biotech because I thought they have engineering science as part of the degree as well. Yeah. Because when I saw the brochure, there's some engineering science as part of the um, curriculum or the courses you have to do in order to get a degree. And then that year I got it. They got rid of all the engineering papers. So I was yeah, <laughs> the chances of that. Yeah, and I was just looking at it. I was like, no engineering, pure bio. <laughs> I'm so screwed. Um, yeah, but I'm here now, so that's okay. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like looking at it now, you, I mean, you are thriving in your position, like we said before. But do you have any looking back at that point? Do you have any regrets? Like, you know, maybe I could have figured out a way to study engineering, or I don't know. Looking back now, how do you feel about that? Oh, I don't know. Um, it requires it essentially more money. So, uh, <clears throat> in my year. Uh, year two in university, I seriously considered moving to say uh, medical imaging oh. or swap to um, engineering. Um, in year two, I hit a bit of a low in my biotechnology degree because it was so bio based, it was so memorizing based, and it was so um, word based that I didn't even know I was struggling with my um, English. That's another story, but um, year two it was really really hard until the point i'm like okay why do i just do something that i'm good at which is anything related to visualizing anything related to physics and math and all that why do i put that back into what i'm uh want to be uh you know doing that for the rest of my life as part of my career and turns out um if I want to do that and to do more courses, um, you know, like physics or something like that, and I already miss out the summer school time, it just means that the time I'll be in university will be way longer. Yeah. Um, and in my head, money is time, and the course money itself is also um, is also gonna waste more um, money as well for my parents. So I was just like, I don't want to do that. I just want to finish a course um, as soon as possible, and. Just that that kind of responsibility in my head is like, mm. don't spend money, like save money for parents, save money, save money, and I don't want to owe them that much. Yeah. <laughs> so um, there's that drive behind that. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> and if money and time weren't issue, uh, in terms of just looking at your interests and what you wanted to do, mm. would you have made the switch yes. to yeah <laughs> physics <laughs> yes. and? Maths or engineering? Engineering. Those, um, engineering. Yeah, but preferably like bioengineering still, mm, so I you, think. You do like the aspect of biology. Mm, I do like the aspect of biology. So, oh, okay, I guess that comes down to um, my interest from the very start is still biology. So that's why I'm doing biotechnology. 
the it, that's my interest. But what I'm good at is not necessarily my like aptitude is at physics and math.、Mm. So at that point, when I go to university, I have to choose between what I'm really passionate about、yeah. or what I am good at. And then I thought I to give my passion a chance. Maybe I can get、uh, get good at it if I work hard.、Mm. And that's why I guess I chose passion over something I'm good at. But it doesn't mean that I will never be able to use、uh, what I'm good at into the things I'm passionate about, because、um, I guess these days. Um, doing research, things are not always just memorizing, right? So in the uni years, of things are mostly memorizing, or、um, going the first first and second year, things are more memorizing. That will be more taxing over trying to learn, trying to run. But once you actually know that and learn that as a tool, and using that for critical thinking, as well as、um, combination of my, I guess, logic skills using math and physics. I can combine them. So during my masters, it kind of just completely makes sense that I was doing a microbiology slash biophysics degree.、Um, I was able to combine what I'm passionate about with something that I'm good at, which、oh, is really、okay. fun. So, so that was your masters. That was my masters.、Yeah. I had、um, a bit of coding and physics in in the combination of what's going on with the project, which is amazing because I was like, oh, finally something's come together. Yeah, yeah. That does sound really amazing. I so do in in your mind, do you think, although the path wasn't kind of you know considering the money and time,、mm. um, the path wasn't exactly what you wanted to do, but do you feel like where you are now is something you're you're doing exactly what you want to do right now? Yeah, actually, yes, yes, I would say that.、Mm. Um, so I guess my project is combination of. Bio definitely, and the bio saving、um, in terms of、um, the planet somewhat by replacing plastic, and the side of that is its material. So it's super, I guess, physics based and mechanical strength based, and all that. And that's something that can be easily understood by me. And then there's a lot of um, um, imaging side and a lot of visual side of it that just completely makes sense to me. And Um, While I wouldn't say it's completely there yet in terms of combining what I'm passionate about and、mm. what I'm good at, but it is a com- already a combination of both, and fits into my passion side so much that it doesn't matter that it does like I'm not using something I'm good at. Yeah. Yeah. What What do you think? Do you, when you say you're not using something that you're good at, do you mean more? More like mathsy yeah, side of yeah, things. Yeah, yeah, even artsy.、Um, that's another side of the story. Um, but um, yeah, just I love doing something I love to do so much, and that's the main drive,、uh, the main core of me going forward as I guess both entrepreneur and a PhD student, because、mm-hmm. that is so important for both. For both roles, you need so much passion and drive. Yeah, yeah, or else、um, it's really hard to make it. For pers like for your personal sense of achievement and happiness, what you do like what you do on a daily basis,、mm. what's more important in、uh, doing something that you passionate about or doing something that you are good at? Is it fifty fifty?、Mm. Or well, I mean, for me, it could be fifty fifty because. 
my life is not all about my project, right?、Mm. So I could, my project、um, currently seems like it's like ninety percent of my life right now. But outside, if you have the work-life balance, you can be doing things that you are also good at as well. So currently, I guess、um, I wouldn't say I'm good at it, but I can feel that I'm in control. Yeah, is something like sports, like climbing, or、um, sometimes it's drawing. And sometimes it's、um, yeah, just anything else that I feel like I'm in control, and that's the things I consider what I'm good at.、Mm, and I see. Yeah, and that's really nice to have that combination. I still haven't found a way to incorporate physics or math. Well, physics is already my project. Or math, I haven't incorporated that yet. But、yeah. um, math is in everything. So that's true. The logical side of math or logical side of physics and math. It's still incorporated within my project, which is good. Yeah, yeah, that's really good. I mean, I think unfortunately right now, even because I did maths PhD,、mm. but in, involving at least high level mathematics into research that's like that's directly practical、mm. is a is a bit of a struggle, and that's um that's nothing against say not saying against maths. I think it's just the nature of it,、mm, yeah. and I think maths is obviously important. It's It's what、uh, it's a language that physics speaks. It's the language that a lot of other science speak.、Mm, so、yes. it definitely has a trick. Is it called is it called a trickling down effect? Where if there is a research in maths, it's not gonna make a make a new iPhone faster or <laughs> make people's lives easier. But the research that's based on those research will make those things happen. So I think there is definitely a second hand kind of effect. Oh yeah. Maths, so which um, which is cool. Like it's very a very romantic、mm-hmm. field of study, which is I well why I picked up at the same time. One thing that puts a lot of people off, including me a little bit, is that you can't see the direct. Oh yeah, I think that's just with a lot of research actually, because a lot of research and、um, even though fundamental science is so important, and、yeah. a lot of research that we need are fundamental science. It's Looking forward a, a a lot more forward towards the future of investing into that future,、um, but for the people who are doing with it, it's very taxing because you can't see the end of it. For sure,、um, it takes a very specific mindset of scientists to be able to do that, and I really, really respect that.、Um, but I guess for me and other people, a lot of people who want to see like an end point or towards why the heck I'm doing it.、Um, It comes down to applied science, so something that can see immediate results too. And、um, I guess that's what I'm doing right now. But yeah, in in many cases, if anyone's looking for um, um, something of a long term and more sustainable, uh, say sustainable for science, sustainable for humanity, then fundamental science is definitely important. Yeah. 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 No, definitely. I think there there are you know a few rare cases of people that made. Like that made a lot of money, or <laughs> you know, gained fame, or you know, whatever that's valued in their lives、um, out of studying, you know, fundamental science.、Mm. Um, and I, th- I think one example of that is this: this this mathematician who used to work as like a researcher for one of the big、um, universities. What, Pascal. <laughs> Pascal is is a researcher. That's true. Yes, yeah, yeah. A mathematician. It's a mathematician. Yeah. Um, but unfortunately, not me. Not yet. <laughs> um, but I think he made a lot of money in the finance world somehow.、Mm. Um, yeah. But、uh, there, there's a, there those rare examples. But usually, ninety nine percent of the mathematicians end up becoming a bit of a just a romantist. You know, they、mm. do research、mm. for the sake of research. There, unfortunately, there isn't too much money there.、Mm. Um, but、oh. a lot of 
to, to these people a lot of satisfaction and, and, and happiness in life. Yeah, yeah. Oh my <laughs> so. God. The, yeah, yeah. We were talking about that as well, I guess. Um, something along the lines of that. Yeah. With fundamental science, um, going forward as a researcher or something, you need to be able to live a particular lifestyle that is not material driven. Mm. And I'm saying that the really easy way to say that is, yeah, there's no money towards it. And there's so little position towards that as well, saying postdoc position and become a professor of mathematics or any fundamental science is like really, really little. You're just pretty much trying to get that opportunity is, yeah, just yeah. really rare. And and to be honest, you don't get paid that well mm. as well. And um, compared to you and people around you or something are going to corporate life and actually is making a lot of money. Those are, if you're like driven by a comfortable life, yeah. you'll be affected by that kind of lifestyle and want to, you know, transfer. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So in academia, there's, you know, there's that, I don't know if it's also same in biology or anything like that, Jess, but at least in maths, we will use to call it the dark side. Where oh, we it, said that. Yeah, yeah you yeah. said that when Everyone you transitioned in outside academia. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, welcome to the dark side or something. Yeah. And Jess is in the middle of the, going to the dark side. Yeah, yeah you're in the gray lot. side. I'm in the gray side. You're yeah, in the gray yeah, side. Absolutely. Yeah, so may, maybe it's a good segue. segue in. Oh, yeah, before that, so you, you were studying biotech. Mm -hmm. um, and what you found out was that of course, it's in the name, you know, the biology side of things was, of course, in the um, in your courses. Mm. But you found out that there was a lot of the business aspect side of things, right? Business aspect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I guess um, for biotechnology at University of Auckland uh, back in the days, it has business incorporated to the curriculum. So they have at least like ooh, five, at least five business mm. papers. And it's like... Uh, telling the, uh, the the basics of marketing and finances and all that. And then it goes a little bit into entrepreneur, uh, intova innovation enterprise. Okay. Like as a, uh, is that a science? No, it's just an innovation enterprise under school of business. It's actually mm. like um, a course under there. So you can kind of learn a little bit of the ecosystem. You can learn a little bit how, um, Oh, there's also papers about how science can transition into like commercialization or communication or how science translate into, you know, somewhere in between that's more applicable to the world. Um, and then the business side is much more completely, completely just on the business side. And it was interesting to learn. I just wasn't attracted to those courses. And uh, to be frank, I wasn't really enjoying business back then mostly because they are feeding me a lot of case studies I wasn't interested in at. We had an opportunity to come up with a, like a project for, to fundraise for Paralympics. Like that's actually really big. That's amazing. Yeah. You know, working with Paralympics and stuff. And I was just not interested in it because in my head, I just like, Oh, okay. Um, I don't have to drive for it. I don't have passion for it. Then how do I, you know, design something like that? Um, I don't know how to come up the right question for it. Um, but in saying that, I'm not saying I don't completely have the business skill for that. I just have my drive for the business side of stuff comes from what my passion really leads me to. So, in do we want to get into that? Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Straight into that. Okay, cool. Um, so I guess in my second year, um, like I kind of said before is I was kind of trying to explore 
what else science or bi biotechnology can offer for me. Um, so I discovered this um, organization called Chiasma. Mm. Um, kind of heard of them in my first year, but second year they decided to join Chiasma as a committee member. Um, Chiasma is a student-lead organization that fosters the connection between university and the industry. So it kind of like brings mentors and brings um speakers and from the industry onto the campus and kind of like um let the students and you know these industry members have interactions and get to know each other and for students to ask any questions they want in order to kind of have a peek of what future could be like for them right so yeah. especially a science-based student they have usually have um, little idea of what their future could look like besides just by being a scientist or a researcher, yada, yada. Um, but there's actually so much more skills that they can offer as a scientist, especially the soft ones um, that are transferable. Um, but they just really need to be able to talk to those people in order to know that. So that's why this uh, organization is important. Yeah, this is such a cool kind of the course for it and i think much needed like you said yeah yeah uh, what was the motivation of you joining kaiasma um the motivation is yeah so um, uh yeah so second year i was um confused what i'm gonna do with biotechnology so seeing kaiasma kind of opens up that kind of view a little bit i mm. designed it to be like okay i need to you know open up um i guess the industry side a little bit to see what's the potential or else i will not see the end of this degree i don't know why i'm doing this degree right because back then i was thinking of seriously transferring my degree ah, i see yeah. yeah 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 makes sense makes sense yeah yeah so um so that's when you discovered chiasma in the second year and you mm. joined them as a board committee yeah member. just a, a committee member helping set up the events and all that and, yeah um and, and kind of just continue on with them third year as a marketing member and then see what marketing is like and what's the marketing thinking around that because um, i have barely any marketing skills yeah so yeah that was fun to do that until the point that i'm like um i guess um heading into third year because i see the potential of people being able to you know being able to start with, because um, there's a lot of charisma alumni that are really active in the startup community as well as being mm. able to do like start starting things from scratch, you know, and we're just like curious about how they do that. Yeah. There's so much energy in the charisma alumni that's be able to do that. And I was kind of curious um, how they do it. So I talked to quite a few of them uh, in my second year, but I was the youngest one in, on the committee. So I feel a bit like I actually don't know what's going on and what to do, um, but I kind of stick with the organization just so i know that you know it comes with time to be able to learn these kind of things especially with industry people and especially the people around you um in my third year that's when i was like okay i need to take action to be able to stick to biotechnology i can't see the end point of my degree but i want to see if i really care about a project whether i can stick it or not so that's when igem happened yeah yeah so um igem is acronym for international genetic engineering machine it's an international competition um that kind of gathers pretty much all around the world there's like 200 plus teams or something from um all the countries 
um, to US, like by the, well, you can work the project the entire year and then by the end of the year, you can go to um, Boston to present and compete and become one of the finalists, you know, for IGM competition. Yeah. And, um, it's really rare, it's genetic engineering. So in New Zealand, actually we at that point don't have any presence of genetic engineering team or anything like that. So me and my friend kind of just like playing around with that idea like, actually, we can actually make up a team. Why not? Because, you know, that's let's see how, how this will go. And right. um, back then we we're just like, we want to do something about it. We're all so passionate. We can all see like biotechnology has a bright future, but we just don't know how to get there, I suppose. So we decided to sit down in a cafe. We scrabble on the napkin and we we're like, okay, if we want to make this happen, what do, what do we actually need to do? And then we scrabble on the napkin and was like, okay, that, that that's a good plan. All right, let's, <laughs> let's go do that. So did you have a research topic by then or oh uh that, that that comes up with a couple of sessions so a couple of sessions we um chatted um within a few of us um come up with different projects and then eventually we selected one and then that's the project that we went for yeah yeah and when you were coming up with that kind of the plan to start a igem team mm -hmm. with a friend mm. what was that like because it seems well, maybe it's me knowing the extent of how far it went. <laughs> maybe because of that, but it seems very daunting to me because yeah. <laughs> you have to because you are a, a third year student, mm. still pretty young in the whole scheme of university life. Second going to third year, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so I don't know, like you know, oh, daunting, but very daunting. Honestly, there's nothing to lose there because you're like, if it doesn't, <laughs> if you don't do well, then we won't go. But until until we actually get the registration, uh, registration fee in, <laughs> that's when we're like, oh, <laughs> we actually need to make things happen, you know? <laughs> so um, it's the starting part wasn't that hard because you're like, oh, we got this team going and we'll see how far it goes. And once the money starts coming, yeah. you're like, oh, we can actually register. Yeah. Oh, we have a team now. Okay, we actually need to like, you know, Do get the projects, yeah, get the yeah. projects going, the outreach, the fundraising, ev fundraising even more money and yeah, all that. How did you, well, I think to, to me, looking back at my kind of the maturity back then, how did you get the, I think the, what, some of the things you're yeah, looking at what I would have struggled with and what I would have been worried about would have been like getting teammates mm. and uh, raising funding. Mm. How did you go about those those things? Well, I didn't know anything. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like completely honest, I really didn't know anything back then. It was um, bouncing back ideas to people that I really care. So I was lucky that I have a group of friends that really supported like back then in order to build up this team as well. And I got another um, two PhD students who was not technically the team member, but they were really good like um, advisor. And frankly, um, they were really entrepreneurial as well as PhD students, like first year PhD mm. students. So and are they bio? Yeah. It, it, yeah, yeah, PhD, yeah. Yeah, and then the supervisor um, happened to be Julia Gerard or something, and then she was really supportive of our, and Ju Julia Gerard's currently the um, the the PM's, the PM's um, science advisor. Oh, right? yeah, 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 chief science advisor. Wow. So, um, so back then she's already like really giving like some resources for us to actually be able to push as well. So we're kind of lucky to be able to find um, Kyle and Frankie, shout out. <laughs> <laughs> so is, are those are PhD students? Yeah, those are the PhD students. And how did you find them? Did you just reach them out? Kyasma. Like, Kyasma. Yeah, I met yeah. Kyle through Kyasma. Um, 
and then um and then one of the person that's doing our website was also from Charisma as well okay. Axton yeah yeah. yeah 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 so that was um quite amazing to be able to meet them through Charisma and be yeah. like actually you guys are they 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 got the drive they got the experience yeah. and they're like okay yeah sounds good and then got a lot of possible um possible possibility <laughs> no um positivity positivity yeah positivity around the team and maybe a lot of naive <laughs> yeah you need being, a bit uh, of that you naivety, know yeah naivety and uh enthusiasm passion like going forward and yeah somehow we made it <laughs> just um with the fundraising part um we tried to come up with a business proposal um well, according to our limited oh actually we got one person from business school that kind of helped out with um, coming up the business proposal as well business proposals and the funding mm. sponsorship proposals okay so we got her helping out as well yeah and um, is she, is she, did you meet her through chiasma as not, well not at all so mm. she is mainly from i think a re recruitment so it's kind of like we, ah. we're just yeah we kind of just like posted like a poster around university and see who really? saw it and then wow. got like a few yeah and then um seeking like bio um students within our own cohort or over our uh, people who are on the same year doing the same papers you know and then like seeing anyone interested and yeah, yeah got them to join on yeah so you're very hands-on with that well you're very proactive with with this yeah so apparently i'm very proactive with the things that i really really just um passionate <laughs> about so yeah. that's what i found about myself yeah i think this is kind of goes you know what you were saying about you you know uh the bus the business papers that you're taking you weren't really not passionate about the yeah, yeah. topics that you know that there was you were studying yeah. as, as a case study but well he here it is now that's something you're passionate about it yeah yeah you're doing it oh, to me it sounds like you're doing all the right things in terms of growing the small more business that you have right you yeah got going yeah on. so that was uh <laughs> growing the small business uh, yeah it was more of a research project but yeah. back then what i didn't understand is this is actually exactly what a entrepreneur does for their business yeah. you know just go out there finding resources and utilize their resources and everything um yeah um didn't know that was such a big deal back then but now looking back i'm like well yep uh jess and her team <laughs> and her friends got balls <laughs> yeah that definitely like and and i'm just amazed by how young you are like uh you 20, know se second 20, yeah. yeah second year going into third year mm. you know very very young academically mm, like mm. you know, maybe in phd you know now you have you know a lot of uh friends mm. you know a lot of um you know the lecturers as well yeah, yeah. students oh, yeah, yeah. professors as well so you've probably had kind of a bit more hands-on approach in getting some funding too so mm. yeah yeah mm. but um i mean second and third since slash third year you know it's um yeah, yeah very big thing yeah um yeah just crazy to think that i back then i was young enough that after we made it to boston to the finals i yeah. was rejected drinks because i wasn't 21. <laughs> <laughs> so you guys had to you, you guys submitted the like the fee for it but mm -hmm. not every team go to boston right is that correct or not everyone goes to not boston. everyone goes to no, boston no unfortunately right? just because um limited funding so we kind of just select the few like more hands-on people yeah um we offered offered to uh, more people as well but some of them didn't want to go because during uh, the time we presented boston it was actually exam time oh that's rough yeah that's and rough. um 
And I can comfortably say that at some point,、um, the day before the exam, we were in San Fran eating clam chowder besides the Golden Gate Bridge. I'm <laughs> <laughs>、so、just like, okay,、um, tomorrow's exam day, but our plane is not gonna make it. But、yeah. um, our um, so at that point, the、um, PI、um, Sean Watt, he's also like, oh, we're just gonna, you know, and. Oh, post. Uh, they, he postponed our exam by one day, so、really? we can actually make it yeah, because yeah. we're like back.、Um, couldn't make it back just in time just for the exam because、yeah. oh, we'll make it back, and then two hours later is exam, so we wouldn't even know we'll make it through like getting、um, the traffic, the luggage, and everything、yeah. to get an examination through. And I'm like, that's just crazy. I didn't do particularly well that year. I have to、mm. admit because there was a lot of skipping classes. There were a lot of.、Um, Putting a lot of energy on this,、um, but the experience that I got, I think,、um, is more valuable than things that I could learn in some of the courses. Yeah, yeah, and really cool topic too. Yeah, maybe speaking about the topic, an enzyme、uh, that can survive with eating plastic or something. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So somewhat, um, we put a enzyme、um, that can. Well, degrade plastic degrade and a, plastic. a kind of plastic or PET, so the、um, water bottle and everything. Yeah, yeah.、Um, we put the gene,、um, the gene of that protein into an E. coli, and then hopefully、mm-hmm. we can express that. And then、um, after we express that, that's when we probably can use the protein itself as、um, a powder or something, and just spray it on. Um, any plastic, and hopefully you can just degrade it.、Um, it's more complicated than that, but、yeah. you know th- that was the hope back then. Yeah. And how far did you guys make it? Whew, we 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 could only try to zap it into um, um, E. coli at that point,、mm. and then don't know what happened afterwards. Like we we got the gene in, but we just don't know what happened afterwards. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was not it was not easy because we only had around two or three months to work on the project、yeah. properly. And as any scientists know, that is barely any time,、That's, especially yeah. biologists. <laughs> yeah, that, that is barely any time to work on a project. So, yeah. Yeah. What's what's time consuming? Is it setting things up, or is it injecting things and waiting? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. There was a lot of troubleshooting as well, like、mm. understanding like how to、um, essentially zap the gene into the、um, E. coli, and、um, there were a lot of.、Um, I get, we, we got a lab roster going on, so communication about who's doing what and what's doing,、uh, what's going on later, and where's the reagent, and all those like mundane、yeah. little things、um, can complicate things as well because、mm-hmm. there's a lot of organization and logistic,、um, and. And then before that, there's things like oh, getting access, getting everyone have you know the lab access in order to、right. go into the building,、yeah. something like that, or beg for a lab space, and <laughs> yeah. So there were and, and need to know that the pe- people from the other team, they are all like or from the teams from IGEN, they are all from Northern Hemisphere, so they get to work on that project completely full time、mm. during the summer vacation. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. and then for us, we're like. We're gonna scrape time between our classes,、yeah. or even skip classes, in order to make this lab roster something like that. Yeah. So, wasn't easy. It was our first time in New Zealand,、um, and become becoming like I guess the first New Zealand team to be able to represent. That's <laughs> cool. That's it's awesome. It's really cool. Yeah, but we we really tried our best back then.、Um, we just didn't have enough time and resources, and people were still you know trying to know how things work. But now that 
we know we got like another two teams that got to represent us in Boston yeah. as well, and another team during COVID also represented us. So, yeah. Yeah, you guys really paved the way, paved the path for you know following yeah. teams. Yeah. Um. Hopefully that's the case, and um, I think recently we we're trying to drive it up again because after COVID, obviously, um, a lot of time, oh, uh, like the physical. Um, presentation date was cancelled, right? So mm. there were no presentation for probably around two years, and uh, I think this year is when people are going back to do that again. So in New Zealand, we're trying to get it going again as well. Yeah, yeah. And the project itself was inspired by this research that looked into mealworms that ate plastic. Yes, yes, yeah. yeah. So we pretty much um, take out the so that project itself was super new that year. Okay, it, it came out out of nowhere, and we were like. That sounds amazing. It's How about really we pulled cool. out that gene and put it into E. coli and ex like uh, mass express it and then and then see whether we can actually get that protein to do things for us. So that was super exciting. And that year, um, three other teams were working on it as well. Mm. Exact same gene. Yeah. Guess who? So there were one team in China. Yeah. One high school. I forgot where. Um, high school. One high school. Yes. Really? Yes. And Harvard. <laughs> Oh, really? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so three teams and one of them is Harvard was working exactly the same project. Yeah. And they did a lot. They they were managed to do a lot more than we could because we didn't have the capability of like understanding some of the other stuff as well. Yeah. They even um, found a common protein that to uh, make that protein work better. Mm. So that was pretty cool. Yeah. So is it so Harvard team the China Chinese high school team? Oh no, that was a it was a. Uh, Chinese university team. Oh, Chinese university. And then there was team. another high school team, but I forgot. Right. I don't think from. we got, got to meet them, but yeah, we yeah. saw their project. Yeah. Oh, that's really cool. Mm. Yeah, that's really. I want. I wonder where that is now, because I feel like I've heard about worms eating, you know, yeah. plastic. Yeah. Well, or, now there's yeah. also fungi eating plastic as well. Okay. There's more bacteria eating plastic, which just need to make them more efficient in order to, yeah. um, yeah, get rid of plastic. Yeah. 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 True. True. And uh, so that was in your third year. Did you enjoy that? Did, is that what you what when you thought? Okay, I want to do research. Like go go do masters. Or? You don't know. That's just really the really the point. I'm like, actually, if something interests me that much, mm. I would do anything for it, and I would. Yeah, so that's at the point I'm like, no, it's not all about memorizing. The memorizing is actually understanding how to use the tool. The tool. Um, call it a toolkits or something or like the methodology in order to transfer that into something else that we can use and um i guess that's what we i guess what i teach my students in university as well and saying that forget about all the memorizing what did you actually learn in this lab in terms of techniques and methodology can you use it for other chemicals yeah. can you use it for other proteins other bacteria and all that so that is the most important things that people should learn yeah um what else? What were we talking about? I completely lost. That. <laughs> um, I, I guess like transitioning from iGEM. Mm, do you reckon mm. there was a turning turning point? Like, did, did you like like you said before that I, I can actually do these? Yeah, things, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Basically, yes, yes. iGEM was the turning point for me. Mm. Um, it essentially there was the thing that sparked my entrepreneurship uh, entrepreneurship spirit yeah. yeah so you enjoyed the whole process of getting a team together mm. raising funding and things like that yeah yeah enjoy the process of starting from scratch yeah. and seeing grow and grow into things that's incredible and um yeah um and realizing i'm comfortable with 
not knowing. I'm comfortable. A lot of uncertainty. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I'm comfortable with that, and I'm comfortable with the risk I'm taking. Mm. And um, it's like I'm not too afraid of stepping out of my comfort zone, and that's what I found in myself that I didn't know I had before. Um, so. Yeah, so going forward, I kind of like take that experience as a very valuable experience for me, and um, and taking those like part of me that I discovered forward, and it's so super super important for postgrads that I didn't notice that before actually, <laughs> yeah, because um, a lot of postgrads it's not about memorizing anymore, right? Yeah, it's using the sure. skills that you got and using the resources that you got in order to make a project happen. And same with any researchers, really. So taking those skills forward, besides, um, I guess, the startup I'm also in at the moment, that's why I'm also doing the university um, PhD yeah. <laughs> right now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so is that, going forward, did you did you think about, like, what you wanted to do? How, how did iGEM make you decide the path? That how did iGEM... Um, or or it was it the I, I'm guessing it was a big factor of it, but was it always the plan to do the masters and PhD and so on or? Uh, it wasn't the plan plan per se. Yeah. Oh, actually, no. I always know I was gonna do a masters anyway, okay. but how far I will go with that, I don't know. Mm -hmm. Like I was like at least a masters surely. Um, but I think it was that that drives me into my next year, my honors year, where I did something else rather than just purely a study as well. Right. I did um, join an idea challenge um, at University of Auckland. It's um, velo uh, the Velocity 1000 Word Challenge. Yeah. I was like, actually, uh, back then, uh, um, we were doing like a research proposal or something, and I was like, oh, mm, kind of familiar of how to like pitch it into a business proposal so I kind of just like change a few words make it less sciencey and then chuck it into the business proposal and then won a idea challenge mm. I was like this is cool this is awesome really cool yeah and then um, next thing you know there's an I got invited um, to go to a global um, biotech leadership oh young lead young leadership what was that um, so yeah global young leader yeah 100 young leader yeah um, leadership submit so Get, it's called Get submit, right? yeah it's yeah. called Get submit and uh, under global biotech revolution yeah that was organization and was yeah. it before masters yeah it was before masters yeah. it was my honors year okay. um i got invited in from my connection with i uh, igem as well as chiasma right so i was um because of that i got selected as one of the young leaders or something and then i was like i went there and then realizing i was one of the youngest one i'm mm. like it <laughs> was scary um and then i they, they, they also got an idea challenge i didn't have time to write another one because mm. i was in the middle of my exam again they like to invite me to conferences in the middle of my exam <laughs> and then they're like okay um come up with a, uh, another idea i was like no idea just my my same proposal from yeah. um, velocity i'm just gonna submit it and then um eventually and then uh, we meet up with a few members from there as well and then we team up and then won the the essentially the top prize of yeah. that challenge and we're just like whoa okay this is a really good idea yeah <laughs> coming out from a assignment and i was like okay this is actually a good idea but i don't know what to do with it mm -hmm. like because i didn't have business background back then yeah because that velocity idea that you submitted well the and to the the idea that you submitted to Velocity and the gap submit was the 
uh, is that 3D printing of the packaging yeah. using mycelium? Yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah, mm. and then um, it kind of evolves a little bit into the antimicrobial stuff as well, but um, mainly the 3D printing part that okay. was, yeah. And how did you come up with that idea? How, how did I come up? With that? Oh, pff, it was because of the assignment. Assignment. Yeah, so that was the assignment. It's kind of like... Um, there was a postgrad assignment. It's a biotechnology paper where you had to come up with a, a research proposal okay. and then pitch uh, pitch it towards um, a committee, which is the, all the course coordinators. And then you have to pitch it and say how well you can, and you know, science communicate in order to convince people to actually put money into that mm. project, right? And then um, did fairly well in that um, presentation. Yeah. And I was like, okay, um, that means... Um, fairly good idea all right let's put it through um, business proposal and see what happens and afterwards yeah and um, people quite like it so um but how did i come up with it i'll just research a lot of fungi thing back then why, why fungi um why fungi actually it was more the plastic stuff first okay because i was working with um degrading pet plastic before yeah and i was like oh actually what are the other ways i can actually get rid of plastic and then um um not just get rid of. I, I don't want to use my same project from last right, year from yeah. the whole iGem thing as part of my assignment. So I kind of like switch it up a little bit into what can I replace plastic yeah. and then come up with um, um, Ecovative back in the days. Um, were the first company who come up with using mycelium in order to replace plastic and use, um, mostly styrofoam. Mm. So I was like, this is a great idea, but why can extend that and do even more? And then that's where things got a little bit more exciting, I suppose. Yeah. Well, so did, did you know about Ecovative back then during honors? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, actually, um, I pitched a few ideas to the course coordinator, um, Silas Phyllis Boas. Mm. And then he was like, give me a few ideas. And then because back then he was really involved with industry already. So he kind of like know different companies doing cool things. And he was the one who threw me. Uh, the name Ecovative and show me uh -huh. like a video. So that's what sparks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. And then the Gap Summit and Velocity, they're they're both in your honors year, right? Yeah. Man, that's a busy ass year. I mean, <laughs> honors year itself is busy ass. Yeah, but... yeah. And yeah, no, that that year feels a bit crazy over like yeah. these exciting things. Uh, but um, after honors, I also kind of drop into a bit of a one of my rock bottoms of my life, I suppose, because I really don't know what to do after. Okay. Because I was like, oh, I really want to develop these ideas, but there's just no way because um, when I'm not New Zealand citizen, I still not, I'm still not one. I'm on work visa and well, yeah, I'm on work visa. If I'm on work visa, I'm essentially trying to find work first mm. and that bit of life is always a bit hard, right? Trying yeah. to find work and everything. So um, I can't find work at the same time coming out with a startup idea. And who do I work with? I, I don't have any credit besides, I haven't even technically graduated, you know? So I was like, I only just finished a degree, but haven't graduated. Who would actually want me? <laughs> like, um, or who will want to work with me on a startup? Um, so pretty much have um, more of a low-key year um, working as a research assistant, working with fungi actually. Yeah. So in the lab, I actually already started to play around with fungi a little bit, trying to understand um, how fungi works and some of the 
um, interesting stuff Funky can do. So that kind of like helps me a little bit with, oh, okay, these are what Funky can do. Mm. And kind of sparks a little bit more on the material side because when I was a research assistant, I was working with the antimicrobial stuff. And, but I was also playing around with like the characteristic of what Funky can look like already yeah. during that time. Um, so got familiar with with that, which is good. Um, and afterwards, um, yeah, Silas, his group, um, which um, I work for, left for France because he has a company that's uh, um, more exciting and, and have some funding opportunity mm-hmm. in France and left. And then I was like, oh crap, I actually don't know what I want to do. Um, but the at that point, it's on this, so I was like, okay, I should probably do a master's, you know, complete my scientific training and being able to do to become a better scientist. So that's how I was like, okay, do a master's mm-hmm. and train myself, get ready. And also, um, can't remember what else. Oh, um, and also take my time to network right, and see if I can find someone who wants to develop this idea with me. Because yeah. I do have an idea. And back then, my mentor was like, are you going to create a company yet? Are you going to create it? <laughs> like every year, just asking. So, yeah. And was your master's in that 3D packaging? No, 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 oh. no. Yeah. No? My uh, master's was the one uh, that combined uh, biophysics with microbiology. Mm-hmm. That one. So that's the one that I combined my passion with my um, things I'm good at. Yeah just happens to be that way because i was really interested in what um, the supervisors were doing before so they were um essentially shooting lasers at bacteria to be able to identify what kind of bacteria they are yeah so i was like that's awesome that sounds pretty cool yeah yeah and then make them glow and you know i um be able to like read the wavelength of it and be able to yeah identify what the bacteria is yeah yeah and uh, the how you got into phd sounds really interesting Oh so yeah. Was it right after masters that you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's right after masters. Um, basically, that year, um, uh, when I was finishing off my thesis or something, I haven't even submitted my thesis yet. I already saw my. Um, so the co-founders of Biofair back then already started. Right, they have created a company for probably around a year or less than a year around that time. Um, already got an idea going and enter themselves into C Price under Callahan Innovation. Mm. And C Price is an environment um, uh, competition, a startup competition. So it kind of like want you to come up with um, novel solutions in order to solve an environmental problem. And then um, you have to essentially pitch in the very end to see whether you can get some, well, pitch to win. Yeah. Um, so I saw them being the finalists already, and I was like, wait, you're doing exactly what I want to do. <laughs> Which was uh, 3D printing. Oh, can you Oh, no, 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 no not 3D printing. They're, oh. they're pr- just making um, mycelium material into, um, oh, sorry, making material, <laughs> mycelium material into packaging material that yeah. you replace styrofoam. Yeah. So basically that. True. Yeah. So and that's what, that, that was your idea, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, so no, similar to what, similar, okay. yeah, not completely the, the same. Yeah. So I kind of approached them and be like, I have more ideas for you. Yeah. Are you interested mm-hmm. in these? And I've um, kind of played around with it for quite a bit. So if you're interested, we can have a chat. And then they were actually, so um, the founder, James, he's pretty much like, I was the first person pretty much immediately after the website's been put out. I'm the first person who approached. 
Yeah. And I guess that's、um, another lesson is yeah, don't afraid to <laughs> approach、yeah. people. I genuinely like. Oh crap! They're doing exactly what I'm saying is doing. Uh, do I want to come up with something that's competitive or、mm. actually no? If they want to develop this idea, then go for it. I want to see it happen. Um, I'm not in the right place right now to develop this, so、yeah. you know, or work, work, or potentially working with them that would be cool as well. Um, but that wasn't quite in my mind. I was just like, just have a chat and see how this goes. And um. Um, after we chatted, we like bonded really well, and he's a really cool guy, really chill, and just、um, really love the idea of having a scientist on board as well. Because back then they don't have a scientist on board,、mm. and I have these ideas that I can just offer, and being able to,、um, you know, make the business into something that's、um, even more than what they are. So I was like, okay, let's let's do this, you know, yeah, <laughs> let's get this going, and hopefully,、um, yeah. Win, win this challenge. We didn't win that challenge, but <laughs> um, but being able to meet um people in, I guess um in the business world and working with people um people who already have business background, really helps me learn a lot on the business side anyway、yeah. as a scientist because I'm not a business person by training. But being able to work with them, who has um the co-founder Philip um Phil, he's also a very experienced guy already.、Mm-hmm. So. Having them with such a different background from different fields, I'm just constantly absorbing from what they know, and I'm also giving out what I know as a scientist as well. So yeah, yeah it's a perfect combination and perfect balance of, yeah.、Mm, that's why I think that's why building a startup is fun because you learn so much from just like, yeah, learn so much from the people around you. Um, in, within the team, and learn so much people,、uh, uh, so much things from the customers that you talk to, and then you learn so much from the adjacent industry that you're also kind of involved in because of customers before,、uh, because of your cu-、uh, collaborators or something like that. So it's a very fun dynamic thing to be involved in because you're constantly learning about different information and yeah, yeah, it's it's fun. Are their backgrounds mainly business? Yeah. Mainly business. Yeah. Yeah. So they didn't have any scientists on board. Uh, not trained scientists. We have a mycologist on board. Yeah. Um, but I guess he just isn't um、uh, science by training, right? Like he's a self-learned engineer and self-learned、right. mycologist. Yeah. Yeah. What was the initial conversation with them like? Because you're basically trying to sell the value of sci having a scientist on board. Oh right. On board, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, I gave them a few ideas that could. Yeah. Like open up the market a little bit, so of course he's there. Like, wait, hold on a second. This will be, you know, a great opportunity for the startup by itself. So, yeah, so that kind of just makes sense. And I also back then, because of charisma, I already reached out to like, well, been involved with a ecosystem like the biotech ecosystem. So I'm quite、mm-hmm. familiar with what's going on already. So I brought on not only just me, but also my networks and potential.、Um, right. Yeah. Uh, potential outreach for more collaborators, especially on the university side. Yeah, yeah. Because you knew Ecovative, which is uh, it, BioFab, is that part of it? Ecovative. BioFab? Oh no, it's not part of Ecovative,、oh, okay. but there are um um partners essentially. They're partners, partners, right, right,、yeah. right. Is that how you found out about BioFab, or was it just looking at the final list of that Kalan Prize? 
Oh, just looking at the finalists. Finalists, yeah. yeah. I didn't even know they were <laughs> um, working with Ecovative, and I was just yeah. like, actually, this is actually a great idea because um, they are, um, if they're um, working together, that means they can like get the technology straight into the market much faster than the other people can because they got the technology. Well, they got the knowledge of the technology. Yeah. So and having to work with you know, essentially the Google of the industry. You, that's that's amazing. Yeah, you can. Yeah. Yeah. Ecovative is like. The that Google of the industry, really? yeah, yeah, or the mycelium material industry, like they are the inventors, they are the patent right? holders, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's a cool full circle moment for you as well, finding a, about innovative, yeah, you know, in honors, <laughs> yeah, 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 and kind of end up, you know, almost working with them. No, right, so partner with them. Back then, it wasn't even full circle yet. The full circle is when this year I went to the conference mm-hmm. and be able to, oh, and last year as well. Um, last year, uh. I visited the Ecovative factory oh, and then and met the um, Gavin. Like he's like the director of the Mycelia material side. Yeah. And then this year I met <laughs> Eben, who was the inventor of the Mycelia material <laughs> at the conference. So cool. And I was just yeah, that blew my mind a little bit. It was yeah. quite awesome. Is they either US based? Yeah, US based. Yeah. Yeah. I was um, lucky enough to be able to visit their um, factory last year. Yeah. And this year I went to just one of the conferences that they happened to be in. And I was like. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that's really cool. That's yeah. really cool. So, is that uh, um, you know, like you discovered Biofab by keeping an eye on that finalist in that Callahan Prize? I didn't keep an eye on. It's just C Prize is always something that I want to get into, right? Because right. C Prize is always like environmental, um, a, a environmental based startup challenge, and mm. I'm always like, I did biotech because I'm such an environmental person. I yeah. want to use biotechnology to, well. Uh, use a skill set in order to solve a environmental problem because yeah. environment is still like at the core at my heart I'm over something I want to protect or something I'm just passionate about. Yeah. Yeah. So was that something that you would kind of routinely check who's in the finalists, uh, which company is going in and out? I, I never routinely check. Mm. I just just happened to saw it because um, yeah. I'm always in kind of the news following the news of Callan Innovation and whether something's popped up, I'm always kind of like, oh yeah, cool. Yeah. <laughs> and then just happened to be this one popped up, I was even more uh, aware. Or I wouldn't be surprised someone around my um, network reach out to me and be like, Jess, this, look at this. Like <laughs> probably at that point, someone yeah. did that to me. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Because being in Kiasma, you know, for several years. Mm. Um, I made lots of friends who yeah. just really cares about like um just taking care of each other essentially yeah yeah what's the uh because you you've left because you were at one point a was it ceo of kiasma oh yeah you, yeah that was my fourth year as well fourth year and hey? but you fourth year yeah fourth year yeah and but you you've moved to momentum is that right Oh, so um, I it wasn't particularly a move. Mm. It was just like Momentum is another, I guess, organization. Um, it's a investment committee that kind of um, just take um, they take in projects and then they. Oh, I suddenly don't know how to talk about Momentum. <laughs> oh my goodness! Um, so Momentum essentially is an investment committee that actually has. It was just like we're a committee full of like people with really different backgrounds and mm. really diversity of people. And then when projects kind of comes to us, like we'll um, listen to them and give them essentially recommendations what what they can do um, going forward. So 
feels a little bit of consultation, but we're all just there to give support, especially uh, momentum side is more to give support to students as well. Yeah. So that's, um, and, and also most of us committee members are, mo most of us, it's a range of um, um, students to um, people who are with, um, more experienced, essentially. Mm. Yeah. How, what's, uh, is it ketogenics? Cetogenics? Oh, yes, yeah. Uh, so cetogenics is another thing that I'm on last yeah. year. Cetogenics <laughs> is um, the... So I was on, on board last last year. Um, on board is another program that kind of takes on people with, um, I guess, somewhat technical pack backgrounds, but were never board members or something like that. Mm. And to take them on to have a look at what being on a board is like. So right. they take... Um, take us on um, and then assign us to different board to be board observers. So we're there to be on the board of a lot of startup to just there and listen, observe and uh, learn um, what a board is like. Yeah. Learn the good things and the bad things and all the ugly and the beauties mm. of being on a board. And essentially, um, hopefully can trans this will translate us into some sort of, I guess, um, more of a governance sort of skill set yeah. and hopefully in the future we'll also get involved with governance because right now most of the people on the board are super um i guess old white male mm. so that's why on board is like trying to change that dynamic to involve people who doesn't look like that necessarily yeah 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 oh that, that's cool it's it's a lot of Commitments, just oh yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So you you suddenly mentioned a lot of um, different organization up, but they all happen kind of gradually in different years. So yeah. <laughs> I don't I, I don't I don't just kind of jump into it. And uh, so how I got into momentum is because I was in Charisma and Charisma's um, C oh Charisma CEO back then. Um, I jump onto momentum because they want a official position for Chiasma member. So at least there's one Chiasma member on the momentum team right. in order to represent Chiasma and be like, we have these resources just in case any project comes through and we're like, go to Chiasma or something like that. Yeah. yeah. And then we can also use Chiasma's alumni and resources to be able to provide um, some sort of relationship for the projects if they need. Um, if we can think of anyone who can help them. Mm. So that is always helpful. Um, so that's why I've been um, involved there. But then that kind of transit into a more permanent position when I, I guess, because um, being Charisma CEO is only one year. And then the next year, the, the other CEO will jump in as well. Okay. But the next year, the CEO is already on the... <laughs> on the on the um committee board so that was like oh it wasn't much of a transition which is kind of naturally been um, placed there yeah um and then afterwards i've been invited to become the chair um that's when i yeah that's been i guess a year or so that i've been um becoming the chair of Auckland momentum yeah yeah and oh, that's cool because it's t to me it sounds like chiasma uh opened up a lot of doors for you oh yeah you know, through networking and through gaining the skills of what uh, starting a start startup is like. and Yeah, and also that. mentor. Yeah, mentor. mentorship. Yeah, um, like one of my mentors. Um, back then was the one, oh, I actually only met him twice, I yeah. think, during the mentorship. And then it was like a really brief meet, but he apparently just remembers me. And then next year, um, went to U, um, US for the competition and won that competition. And he's like, 
you won a competition? I was like, yes. And then, <laughs> <laughs> oh, because um, I don't know, we just have a mutual... Um, mutual. He, I guess he also had a, a, the other mentee, and we are both in US, I guess. Yeah. And then the other mentee is like, you want a award? I'm telling I'm telling my, uh, the, our mentor. And then he's like, okay, that's, let's have a chat. And then we had a chat more, and then he's like, okay, so what do you want to do with it? I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but then now he's um, essentially um, one of the directors on our startup at the moment uh, of Baofab. So, yeah, you know, it kind that's of comes cool. to full circle over, yeah. even though you don't uh, contact him for a few years, like they're still there for you, you know? Um, yeah. And then when you actually need them, just, you know, call them up for help and then they're always there to help out. Yeah. Even just looking at, obviously, like the PhD study itself is a lot of, it's, it's a very time-consuming yeah. thing, right? It's a hard work. Uh, and at the same time, you're involved in the, um, the startup Biofab as well. Mm. Um, and you you do a lot of work on that side of, just on that side of things too. Um, what does your day-to-day look like? What does a day-to-day look like? Yeah. I wake up eight o'clock. <laughs> eight no, o'clock? no, no, actually, no. Just before that. And then yeah. I need to be at uni before 8.30 um, because I need to prep some things in order to sterilize them. Yeah. <laughs> so it's always before nine o'clock. So I need to get it done before nine. And then afterwards, I have another deadline to meet, which is at 10, which is, requires another longer sterilization. And I wait for them to actually get done. The longer sterilization doesn't get done until 3, 4 o'clock. So, and then wait for it to cool down. So I can't do anything about it until 4, 5 o'clock yeah. and, <laughs> and then get it done. But in between, um, I have time to do um, other experiments as well or do some writing um, or just take other meetings that I should be taking. Yeah. <laughs> um, because there's so many times, sometimes there are like a couple of hours between my experiments, there, people can feel a lot of up of my meeting time. <laughs> it's like, oh, I should be doing work now, but they're like, oh, there's time for people. Okay, you can jump in between 10 and 2 o'clock. We'll just have different sort of meetings yeah. and stuff. So, yeah. But I would say every day is different. <laughs> Every day is different. Every day is different. I'm involved in teaching a lab. Mm. I'm involved in, um, there's the entrepreneurship doctoral program at CIE. So that's done every monthly. Yeah. Um, momentum as well as monthly. What else? <laughs> um, um, the board observer things monthly. Uh, oh, not monthly. A couple of months. Um, so I'm involved with a lot of just different things and chat to different pe- people in between. But most of my PhD project now that I can actually focus on, especially in my sec- um, I'm in my third year, I can work on it. And any knowledge I got from my PhD can still um, go towards Baofab. Yeah. Yeah, because I'm not sure whether I mentioned or not, but the whole of my PhD is from Baofab. So we came up with Baofab first, and then I designed an R&D project. Um, and then I was like, actually, you can become a PhD. And I always want to do a PhD if there's op- opportunity for something that I'm really passionate about. I'm like, if I want to do a PhD, this is perfect. This is something I want to do. And I talked to my master supervisor and I was like, is it possible we can transfer this on a PhD project? Um, and then funding-wise, um, this um, I got a scholarship. Um, we can apply for industrial scholarship as well and everything like that. And then just, yeah, we just made it through. We're just like, okay, now I'm doing a... PhD project on my own startup and um, for anything I do yeah it's a, com- a perfect combination of both <laughs> yeah yeah 
Oh no, that's that's worked out perfect. Yeah, I that's don't. It's worked out perfect. Yes, yeah, a bit of a miracle. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and I think one one of the things that was really what stood out to me about it was that uh, it is done through Biofab, um, and you. I guess the all the IP sits with Biofab, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, mm. um, because um, somewhat we're already commercially aware, and as a scientist, even though, um, even though I have a just pure tra- science training, but because of my kind of adjacent activities of momentum, chiasma, and being involved with other, I guess, um, commercial activities, I'm like. Okay. Um, yeah, IP issues need to sort it out at the very beginning. Yeah. So, um, Biofab and I think a combination of help by one of my friends as well. We talked to U- UniServices, which is the essentially the commercialization department of uh, Unisiv- uh, University of Auckland. Um, have a chat with them, and then they're like, "Okay, yeah, this is something that we can do. We can negotiate like an IP um, agreement at the very start mm. because we know it will immediately affect our um, capital raise as well because people want to know our IP situation if I go into a PhD, right? Yeah. With um, yeah, so it was just like a really smart idea to actually yeah um, get it all sorted before we continue on um, my PhD. So yeah. that was sorted at the very beginning. Yeah. Yeah, and my supervisor was just really um, supportive of it. Yeah. So anything. I brought in or anything that idea that's um, mine or biofab or something like that. Um, yeah, it will just remain ours. Yeah. Oh, that's really cool. That's mm-hmm. really cool. Yeah, it's it's always you know from coming from academia and now I've transitioned into the dark side. It's yeah. always cool to see that those two words, yeah, those yeah, worlds are you know collaborating. Yeah, yeah, and so. then it's more like uh, just be aware of that or something, and having like a agreement in place is always just a good idea anyway yeah, yeah. absolutely if, especially if you want to get into the commercialization of that product then yeah, yeah 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 so um doing that is super important and to i guess anyone out there who wants to do the same mm. um yeah definitely um have that in mind first before you jumping in and then later on needing to sort, sort out ip issues is, yeah um even more um <laughs> oh it's a yeah I, I heard a lot of nightmares stories about it cool 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 yeah nah, for sure for sure um, oh, just let me check the time. Yeah, for sure. Oh, we good. We are good. Are we good? Are we good? Yeah, I reckon. Yeah. Now, um, the here's a. Uh, I've got a segment prepared for for this uh, for this interview, Jess. Mm-hmm. Um, it's called the. Oh, uh, uh, it's called everything is identified. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, so in this segment, right, I'll describe you two fungi. Oh. I find pretty interesting. Okay. Okay. <laughs> and you have to guess what they are. Oh, yeah, sure. I can try that. Yeah, yeah. I'm not sure. a mycologist, but that's serious. <laughs> <laughs> you, you worked with some, you know, fung, fungi before, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Is there what kind of the, uh, the, the, what I understand from your PhD is a lot of work of it is trying out different fungi and yeah, what yeah. kind of material you can draw out of yeah, them? Yeah, yeah. But I only learned the uh, essentially the fungi name as I want want them. I didn't yeah. know how to be like memorize all the fungi True, names. True, yeah, <laughs> that's the memorization part of it. Well, yeah. let's see, let's see. Okay, okay. Uh, so the first fungi. Um, oh wait, I almost gave up the answer here. <laughs> uh, the first fungi that I've prepared here. Yeah. Uh, is an edible mushroom. Mm-hmm. Shiitake? No. <laughs> We're not there yet. Nah, Continue. nah. It's an edible mushroom. Shiitake would have been a good one, though. Belonging to the tooth fungus group. It can be identified by its long spines 
an occurrence on hardwoods and tendency to grow a single clump of dangling spines. Inoki. Ah, uh, no. They contain bioactive substances that may have beneficial effects on the body, especially the brain, heart, and gut. That's a lot of mushrooms right there. <laughs> oh, is this a tooth fungi, you say? It's a, it's a tooth fungus group. Tooth fungus Belonging group. to the tooth fungus group. And uh, um, it's got like... Um, so it's got... Obviously, it's got its Latin name or whatever, right? Like a scientific name. But it also has like the nickname. Nickname, okay. And the nickname has like an, an animal in there. I'm uh, just going to guess Heresium. Oi! It is heresium. Are you serious? It is heresium. It's just one of the stuff that I've worked with before. Just like, oh yeah, that's a tooth fungus group. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. It's also called lion's mane. Yeah, lion's mane. Yeah, yep. yeah, yeah, yep, yeah. Absolutely. Oh, there you go. There you go. Okay, that was a lucky guess. I heard it's a very healthy, like a mushroom. Yes, like, it, it is a healthy mushroom. Yeah. And, and uh, you can't get it in New Zealand, unfortunately. But uh, then, uh, oh, you, uh, you can import it, but it has to be dead ready. But right. yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's, oh. a, it's really delicious. Um, is it? Yeah, I it's a it. delicious um, vegetarian cuisine back in Taiwan. And, right. and my mom used it a lot as a vegetarian yeah. diet. Yeah. Have you heard of a mycologist called Paul Stamets? Yes, I met him this year. What? I know, right? You met him? I met him. I even got his autograph on the book. No way. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, is that was at one of the conferences. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. really cool. Yeah, I know. I, I met him and I kind of just like freaked out a little bit. Yeah. And I, I even bought his because I know he's gonna be there, so I brought out his book. Yeah, yeah, Like yeah. Sure. Um, all the way from New Zealand over there, and I was just like, "Could you sign it, please?" Like, that's so cool. <laughs> he's really cool. Yeah, yeah. Was he wearing the mushroom hat? Yeah, mushroom. Oh, that's just his typical bucket hat. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Oh, oh, okay. Um, well, here's uh, here's the next one. So, okay. uh, this is this mushroom, this fungi is uh that you know that hat that paul stamets wears mm -hmm. uh for, yeah, for those folks that who, do, who don't know him he's a famous mycologist right essentially like the father of fungi uh, the american father of fungi american yeah, father yeah, of yeah, fungi. yeah yeah and he's a big advocate for like psilocybin psilocybin yeah, yeah and the benefits that it can bring yeah. as well as other mushrooms and like like the uh, lion's mane mushroom and and stuff um check him out yeah oh well yeah so the next one it's it's a mushroom that he that his hat's made out of um so from this mushroom amado is derived i don't know if i'm pronouncing it right amado is derived from which you can make materials out of including hats it is a species of fungal plant pathogen found in europe asia africa and north america the species produces these species produces very large polypore fruit bodies, which are shaped like a uh, bracket. Yeah, bracket. Okay, shaped like this, and vary in color from a silver gray to almost black, though they are normally brown. It grows on the side of various species of tree. Uh, yes. Parasitic, right? So that would be the good Ganoderma. What's this, sorry? Ganoderma? No. No. Hmm. Somewhat. Um, so... What are the other ones? Not uh, stucky. I'll show you... I'll show you the... What it looks like. Okay. <laughs> this is what the mushroom looks like. Dude, it looks like a Ganoderma. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> it really <laughs> looks like a Ganoderma. Maybe yeah, it's yeah. a different name. Maybe it's a different name. Yeah, well, and what this else? Is, uh, it's called a bracket, bracket fungi. Yeah. So this is, this is the... Uh, 
what the the amado is. Amado. They okay. make this out of the amado that、oh. material that drew out of. Okay. Who crack up? Yeah. Well, Ecovid didn't tell me what they are, so I'm <laughs> confused. Um, what else? Tokito. No, it's it's got a um like an animal name. Uh, animal name. Yeah. Well, turkey is wasn't an <laughs> turkey wasn't an animal name. Turkey tail. Uh, turkey um, chicken. No, chicken. Tri- There's another um chicken fungi maybe, but、mm. um no, I have no clue. No clue on this one. This one's called uh horses. It looks like a horse's hoof. Uh huh. Um, it's of it's called for formus. Oh, for me, no, no. So they are、um, quite similar to Echinoderma. So、ah. they're common name of some of the、um, formin something something.、Uh, I forgot how to spell it, but、yeah. I can. Sp-、uh, <laughs> I, I know how to spell it, but I can't pronounce it.、Um, a lot of the species are overlapping with Echinoderma,、um, so the species、okay. actually is really really close family.、Oh, sure. Yeah. So yeah, they are、yeah. all kind of bracket fungi. So there、yeah. you go. <laughs>、oh, cool, cool. Yeah. So yeah. it was like, oh, look in the photo of that Echinoderma. Yeah, oh yeah. yeah, I forgot. There's another name for it. Yeah. Right. 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 Yeah. No. So that's the head that. Uh, the Paul Stamets wears、yes. is made out of. Yes, yeah, <laughs> it's beautiful. That's the one. That one up there is uh, is the what is it called? Lion's mane mushroom. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That's the one. That's yeah. Oh, oh that's I, beautiful. I can't believe you met Paul Stamets. Yeah, I know. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I was full on like um, just fangirling when I saw that. I、yeah. was fangirling over a lot of people like back in that conference. By the way, right?、So, yeah, Eben, Eben was there. Eben and、uh, Paul Stamets was the one who had the panel discussion. Okay. Um. Yeah, and one of the panels on that conference. Yeah. So it was like you can imagine that's like two of my heroes, kind of like sitting there <laughs> having the conversation.、I、was. Yeah, mind breaking. Yeah, that's so cool. That's so cool. Where are,、uh, uh, well, um, I've got just a couple more questions, Jess. Yeah. But before before wrapping up, uh, do you for for those of you for the for the, for those listeners that maybe want to reach out to you for any advices or ask you any questions like that, are you are you happy for any ris- listeners to do that? Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What's、All、the、good. easiest ways to reach out to you? Like LinkedIn or? Oh yeah, LinkedIn,、um, Instagram. Except Instagram. Instagram is more、uh, private. So yeah, LinkedIn, email. Yeah.、Um, you will probably find me on University of Auckland's profile easy, so you will get my email <laughs> easily as well. So、True. yeah, all easy. Yeah. And what what should the list? How do, how should the listeners find you? Like. Just search up your full name. Yeah, yeah. Search up full name,、yeah. Jessica Cheng on、um, LinkedIn. That should be easy.、Um, yeah. I'm good at responding on LinkedIn, so that's cool. all good. Cool,、yeah. cool, cool. And is there any、uh, anything you would like to plug, Jess? Like、anything、I don't know. To plug? Maybe the BioFab. Do, do they have an Instagram page? No. <laughs> yeah. Sure.、Um, look at、um, Bio BioFab's in- Instagram、um, Instagram page. I think it's just BioFab dot nz or something.、Cool. Um, otherwise, we have our website. We have our LinkedIn. Um, yeah, checked out. Just、um, keep on connecting with mycelium materials. It's actually quite an exciting place to be. And、uh, oh, I hope I brought a material with me today.、Oh, but I totally forgot.、Cool. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> next time. Next time. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, not for sure. Like it sounds like a really exciting. I mean, that that hat that、um, yeah for those just listening, there is a hat that is made out of this.、Uh, Mycelium material, right? Yeah, this this vegan leather made out of mycelium materials. There's、yeah. shoes made out of mycelium materials and car seats. It's a very exciting place to be for sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, it's、uh, and eco friendly. Eco friendly. Yeah, yep, absolutely. So really, really cool, ex- exciting places to be.、Um, 
what do you think about uh, speaking of like psilocybin and stuff um what are your thoughts on that jess um you said responsibility uh responsibly yeah, <laughs> yeah that's it um i mean micro uh there are bits of microdosing that i've seen papers i'm, I'm not a um um scientist specialized in this by the yeah. way but i did look at some papers on microdosing over psilocybin on with medical benefits mm. especially for people with um, depression anxiety and all that but definitely um seek medical advices on this first before doing it um or if you find any interesting mushrooms that you want to try probably um again do it responsibly yeah and i've heard people just wanting to find like magic mushrooms or psilocybin that they can self-identify and then end up in the hospital. So yeah, just do it carefully. <laughs> but do you see the kind of the medical potential? Yes, on absolutely. Yeah. Medical potential. Um, but there's a lot more to um, discover, essentially, and yeah. uncover. Because um, I guess with this kind of realm, we really need a lot, a lot more experience and especially the psychological field mm. because this um, doesn't just connect with the medical field and how the body responds, but yeah. also how the brain responds. And that comes down to a little bit of a psychology side of things as well. And, and that uh, makes it, does that make it a bit more difficult to yes, research Yes, absolutely. Into, yeah. yeah, yeah. And then um, everyone responds differently to it. So, yeah. yeah. Do you see it, it becoming more and more accepted overall? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Um, and the trend of US, I've seen it, um, like microdosing becomes like, like a really famous therapeutic treatment. Um, not directly recommended by doctors, but um, for alternative treatments or holistic treatment or something. But um, definitely do your research. And I can say it's not for everyone. Yeah. It's definitely not for everyone. Yeah. Um, and for those, uh, you know, future or, you know, current entrepreneurs that's listening to this, <laughs> do you have any, do you have anyone that you look up to at all? Um, mm. or any like resources that you follow closely or anything like resources that? Resources I follow closely. Um, I looked up to my um, people around me really because yeah. the people who are actually doing the works around me, they're actually the ones who inspire me doing everything I do. So I guess my advice would be surround yourself with people that support you and will inspire you so you can keep going forward and um, – that's the most important part your people around you because you never know the heroes and all that you know like showing um doing amazing stuff like elon musk or something yeah. like that you're like oh he's my hero but you never know what they're actually truly doing because you can only um see it through the social media side as well as the publication side so yeah. um yeah people around you is the most important part sure. yeah <laughs> oh, that's good to know. Good to know. Yeah. Um, so here's the last segment, Jess. Mm -hmm. uh, so, well, speaking of, you know, physics, have you heard of Richard Feynman? Oh, Rich yes. Richard Feynman. So yeah. he, he's a, he was, a, you know, one of the top quantum physicists of all times. Mm -hmm. So he's, um, so he, he, one of the things, you know, kind of famous for, he, he's famous for is he asked himself a question. And the question is, if through some cataclysm, all scientific knowledge were to be lost and only one sentence could be passed on to the following generations, what's the single statement that would contain the most information in the fewest words? And to that, he said, the one sentence that he would say is, all things are made out of, made of atoms. 
That's what he would say uh, without the stutter that I just said. <laughs> <laughs> um, so he, here's a question, Jess. What would be your one sentence, but in the context of passing everything that you've learned so far mm. to the next generation? And, you know, it could be, it could be scientific, like, you know, mm. like Richard Feynman, or mm. it could be something that you learned, like, philosophically or, or anything like that. So what would be the one sentence that you would pass on? Oh, goodness. That's a big, big responsibility right there. <laughs> I mean, this is more to younger people. I'm not sure how I will feel about it in the future, but uh, this is for my younger, uh, to the younger people who are working really hard. Be patient. Be patient. That's it. Yeah. And I'm saying to the people who are working really hard, just really need to be patient to be able to grasp on those opportunity that's in the front waiting for you, but work hard as you go along. Mm. Those opportunities will come, but um, any pain, any stress, any anxiety that goes through right now are only um, temporary. Yeah. So be patient. Be patient. Work hard. Keep going. Wow. What a way to end the episode. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you, Jess. It was such a such an interesting talk, and I mean, you you've got a, such an interesting background, so it <laughs> feel like the you know the content was already there <laughs> a lot of things going on eh? <laughs> yeah for sure well it's great having you oh thank you so much fasco that was yeah. amazing yeah oh thank you very much really nice chat yeah, yeah thank you um yeah see ya bye everyone bye thank you for listening to my conversation with jess and thank you jess for sharing your insight and experience if you enjoyed this podcast please consider subscribing for more conversation with fascinating guests the best way to support this podcast with zero cost is to leave a review on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, you can leave a review up to five stars. If you have any feedback, you can leave a comment under my videos on my YouTube channel. Thanks everyone. I'll see you in the next one. Bye.